Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article that was penned by Jeffrey R. Holland, who is a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This article can be found in the June 2022 edition of the Leahona magazine. It begins on page 5, and it's titled, Choose the Lord and His Prophet. Now, yesterday we were discussing how there's been a lot of emphasis in various conference messages in recent years pushing the role of Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Many leaders giving conference messages like to quote him and look up to him for statements that he has made. Now, yesterday I commented how a lot of what Russell M. Nelson says is really not all that unique. But I think what's being done here, especially by someone like Jeffrey R. Holland, is they're pushing this authority that they think that the prophet has. And of course, in Mormonism, the role of a prophet, as they understand it, is certainly not something that we would have in evangelical circles. We look to Jesus as being our living prophet, and I can only imagine that that just must not be good enough for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because they feel it's more important to have a living mortal prophet. But yet, what does that living prophet really say that we need to know that had they not said it, that our spiritual lives would be in jeopardy? I've asked that question of many Latter-day Saints over the years, especially after a general conference comes to conclusion. I'll ask a Mormon, well, what did you hear? What did the leaders tell you that had they not said it, that maybe your celestial exaltation might be in jeopardy? And usually they can't come up with a lot of points, except maybe, for instance, I remember when Thomas Monson lowered the age of the missionaries down to 18. That was a big thing. Well, how would that affect the missionary that I'm talking to? Because he's already a missionary, so that has no effect on them. And are we really to assume that that's something that's earth-shattering? Probably not, maybe to a Latter-day Saint, but not to most people. But in this article that Jeffrey Holland wrote, he is certainly going to be lifting up not only the position of the prophet of the church, the prophet, seer, and revelator, but he's going to definitely be lifting up the person of Russell M. Nelson. He gets down to a section on page six, and the subheading is The Tugs of the World. He writes, as members of the same house of Israel broadly defined, we have been commanded not to be just like other people, not to be just like the world. But like God's people in the days of Samuel, we face the strong pull to be like those of lesser ways, those overcome by worldly fad in behavior or belief. Now, first of all, we have to notice here that he says, as members of this same house of Israel broadly defined, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints does look at 
itself as being the house of Israel. It is the kingdom of God, according to what past leaders have said. Now, we have always looked at the church as being a body of believers, those who have been redeemed and have had their sins forgiven because of what Christ did on the cross at Calvary. But it's no secret that the LDS people look to their organization as the kingdom of God on earth. Every Latter-day Saint will get a patriarchal blessing and is told which tribe of Israel they come from. If you take a look at the church manual called Gospel Principles that was published in 2009 on page 248, it says converts to the church are Israelites either by blood or adoption. They belong to the family of Abraham and Jacob. And then a 70 named Shane M. Boyan, in an article that he wrote for the Insight Magazine, October 2015, he said, everyone who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a descendant of Israel, either by bloodline or adoption. If you magnify your callings and receive all the ordinances offered by our Father in the temple, you are entitled to all the promised blessings, the inheritance. Well, let's go back to that phrase, kingdom of God. Let me just cite Joseph Fielding Smith, who was the 10th president of the church. He says, I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the kingdom of God on earth, and that as now constituted and officered, it has the Lord's approval and is moving in the course so directed. And then you have Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the 15th president of the church. He made this comment in a conference message. He said, each of us has to face the matter. Either the church is true or it is a fraud. There is no middle ground. It is the church and kingdom of God, or it is nothing. But let's move on in that paragraph. When Jeffrey Holland goes on to say, after making the claim that as members of this same house of Israel, broadly defined, he goes on to say, we have been commanded not to be just like other people, not to be just like the world. Eric, is that something new for us as evangelicals? Have not we been told in the New Testament that we are not supposed to be like the world? We are not supposed to live our life as the Gentiles lived their life at that time in the first century church, which of course would include all sorts of behavior and beliefs that would not be accepted by what we learn in the New Testament. So this is not something new. When he says we've been commanded not to be just like other people, I kind of strive for that as a Christian. I don't want to be known to be like everybody else in my behavior or even my beliefs, so I'm striving for that. Now, certainly, I don't want to emulate the beliefs of a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints only because I don't see those beliefs as really honoring God since many of those beliefs contradict what the New Testament teaches. But this is certainly not something that is unique with them. It should be something that we believe as non-Latter-day Saints as well. But then he goes on to list some of these harmful things of the world. And what does he say there in that paragraph on page 7, Eric? He says, look around. Celebrity worshiping, materialism, self-interest, and some elements of fashion in sweet, plain old hedonism threaten our spiritual sensitivity each time we turn on the television, conduct an online search, or step out the front door. 
Now, I would tend to agree with him on this. See, there are some things that Jeffrey Holland can say that I think as a New Testament Christian, I can firmly believe. I do think that there are a lot of harmful elements out there in the world trying to influence not only my personal thinking, but the thinking of Christ's church. When he talks about celebrity worshiping, I have to admit, there's some of that in the Christian church. There's no denying that. But you know what? There's also that in the Mormon church. And what I mean by that, you had mentioned uh, not long ago, Eric, about how you attended a general conference meeting downtown. When the leaders came out, everybody stands because there's this hush when it comes to these men, that they are something special, as if somehow they have overcome all the things they're telling their members to overcome. And of course, is that true? That, That remains to be seen. But when he talks about celebrity worshiping, that certainly is a part of the LDS church. And perhaps maybe that's what Jeffrey Holland is trying to address. But would Jeffrey Holland tend to look at himself in the mirror on that and say, you know what, a lot of people look to me in a way that makes me uncomfortable and maybe they shouldn't do that. I've never heard him rebuke anybody for doing that. He allows them to stand up when he walks out, just like all the other leaders tend to do. But when he talks about materialism, especially in America, materialism certainly is a problem. When you go to a third world country, I know I've been very convicted of this, and I I go to a third world country and I realize how simply a lot of believers live in these countries. And I look at what I have as far as stuff. Certainly, I would probably look very materialistic to some of these believers. That's something I have to really think about, and I have to be convicted on many times. Do I really need this? But materialism is a problem in the Mormon church as well. Uh, Self-interest, some elements of fashion in sweet, plain old hedonism. These things, he says, threaten our spiritual sensitivity each time we turn on the television, conduct an online search, or step out the front door. With that, I would agree. I think that's something that we can take from Jeffrey Holland as something we can apply to our lives, because that is a problem, not just in the LDS Church, but it's a problem within Christianity. But then he goes on to say, we have been called to separate ourselves from wickedness. And he cites Alma 557. I find this a little bit odd, as if this is new, this is unique to the LDS Church. We have been called to separate ourselves from wickedness, but doesn't 1 Peter 2.11 tell us as New Testament Christians that we are supposed to separate ourselves from wickedness? Yeah, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Do we really need a latter-day mortal prophet such as a Russell M. Nelson or even a Jeffrey R. Holland to remind us of this? We have it in the Word of God. In other words, when Jeffrey Holland says this in this paragraph, again, he's not saying anything unique. And remember, folks, what he's trying to do in this article is set this standard that you need a prophet, a living prophet in your life. If you are going to find the way to safety, and he even has a subheading that is worded that way, the way to safety. I'm going to say to you, if you have a New Testament You have the way to safety. It's just, are you reading it? Are you taking into account what the New Testament has to say? 
But then Holland goes on to say that they are to be a spiritual leaven to the world without becoming spiritually leveled by the world. And I have to admit, that's pretty catchy. He uses an L word, leaven, with another L word, leveled. But I did find it odd that he uses leaven in a positive way because most of the time when leaven is mentioned in the New Testament, it's used in a negative way. Now, it does speak of the kingdom of God being like leaven in a lump of bread that a woman puts and hides in the lump of bread. But most of the time, leaven is used negatively. So he kind of, I think, takes a risk when he uses this kind of of an illustration. Yeah, let me read you 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. Your glorifying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so I think what maybe what he's doing here is he's trying to say as as leaven or the yeast infects the loaf and it causes it to spread. That could be exactly what he is trying to get across to people. I just think, well, I don't know if that would be one of the expressions that I would use in this case. But, you know, it's it's his article. He can basically say whatever he wants. That's just something that I took a, away from this. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this article written by Jeffrey R. Holland, who was a member of the Twelve Apostles, part of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, an article titled, Choose the Lord and His Prophet. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.